I'm Reverend Billy. This is Earth Riot Radio preaching at you from New York City today. We have just returned. I say we, the Church of Stop Shopping. 25 of us in two buses crisscrossing England over the last two weeks. We just got to Glasgow a week ago and have now returned to New York. We learned something in Glasgow that we want to share with you today that we think opens up the possibilities of defeating, finally, American consumerism, the carbon-heavy, earth-killing tradition of holiday shopping. This is, of course, the week of Black Friday. That's what they call it. We call it Buy Nothing Day. We call it Cancel Christmas this year. Let's get radical. Let's make a move for the earth. So we have something to share, uh, a kind of key to the new activism and experience that we, we had in Glasgow, Scotland just a week ago. And we can use it right away on the ground here to defeat the monoculture that always threatens to overwhelm the people of the United States and much of the West. Here we go. Let's start with our Earth Manifesto. Start with just exactly what do we believe here in the Church of Stop Shopping. Hope that you can share our beliefs with us. Let's get ecstatic. Let's earth right now. earth Earth is our government. Earth is our God. Earth is our economy. Earth is our church. We listen to Earth and then we go back to the old institutions. We go to the president and the generals and the holy fathers and the doctors of thinking and we get no response. Then we return to the earth and await further instructions. We know that life itself is the best strategist. Earth speaks to us every day. The natural disasters are hard lessons. The silence of extinct life is a sorrowing earth. What earth knows is almost entirely unknown to us. The unknowable earth is everything that we believe. It is all the commandments. It is common sense. It is where compassion comes from. We put personalities on Mount Olympus to represent it. We pray to the watery fire that creates a child inside our loved one. We dance all night. Now Earth is our only celebrity. Earth is the only famous being that matters at all. Human history was made triumphing over Earth. Glasgow. 
Glasgow, Glasgow, Scotland. We were there just last week. 25 singers in two rock and roll buses. And we have much to uh, share with you. I would like to share with you one of the most encouraging, encouraging isn't the word. It was change-making experiences uh, that, we, that we had in Glasgow. I think it happened last Wednesday the 9th, if I'm not mistaken. We knew, we looked across the metal fencing and the, and the military people standing there staring at us. We looked past them into the conference centers, the, the fancy hotels back in there where the rich and powerful were negotiating how much CO2 and methane they would put in the atmosphere over the next while. And with them, we knew, were many support people, advocacy people, people reporting from many different distant countries, those that were able to find their way here, get vaccinated, find a way here, and find a place to stay. Scotland was not very friendly to the people who lived at a great distance. But that support group uh, numbered in the hundreds as well. So, so you have an interior table with the major suits staring each other down, negotiating metric tons of CO2 emissions from gas and oil, plastics, and industrial agriculture. Well, at one point, this increasing feeling that nothing was happening, that Greta Thunberg was right, that it was just blah, 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 that the heart of nothingness was what we were looking at over there. At one point, suddenly, hundreds of people were walking toward us. And who were they? They were what they call civil society. Lots of young people, lots of people from the global south, highly educated people, researchers, all kinds of assist, uh, assistance to the negotiations was their job. They were walking out, refusing to continue to assist the negotiators. They were walking towards us, towards the gate. And the gate opened and through the police, through the cyclone fences, came all of these new relationships. People, faces, smiles, cheers. We hugged each other. Incredible. They were walking out of the negotiations. And the reason that they gave the press and the reason they gave us was simply that they were not serious. They were not just not coming up with sufficiently radical alternatives for the gas and oil industry, for the coal industry. They were not being tough enough on the people that were making money hand over fist from that pollution. So now this other thing started happening, and this is, is my point. While the negotiations were frozen over there, and they were coming up with something that wasn't going to be adequate for what the Earth is going through, on our side of the perimeter, out in the streets where we're singing and we're shouting and we're making new relationships with all these people, we, we're talking actively, we're writing down each other's names and notebooks, business cards. New relationships are being made, new, I'm sure, I'm sure that advocacy groups of many different kinds were born that day and in the days that happened uh, subsequent to the, the, the magic of new culture swept through us. And the church of Stop Shopping, we just sang and sang and sang.
Now that is the evolution revolution. That is where we could feel that the, the intensity of the Earth's expression over the last three years, the incredible wildfires and, and tornadoes and hurricanes and superstorms, heat waves, the, the virus uh, uh, mutations, surging, surging Earth expression, that could be with us in our conversations. We felt the presence of the Earth in our conversations. And I, I know that some of you can just shake your head and say, well, that, that, that's this or that. <laughs> and you might say, well, do you also believe in extraterrestrials? <laughs> well, I believe in the Earth. And I think that many of the listeners here to the Earth Riot radio show also believe in the Earth. And the Earth is expressing, expressing in intense ways, especially since the last meeting, the COP25, three years ago. And that intensity was in the conversations that made, were making new relationships after so many of the young people walked away in this grand parade. We dedicate this radio show, we dedicate to our, our, our By Nothing Day efforts, our, our our upcoming show at Joe's Pub on the 28th, our anniversary show. Because my concern is that if people write off cop, and if people think Boyan, that it's just blah, 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 December 16th, then we think all that of that's our a reason to ignore it. I know. And the thing that is, is the that parade of, of these negotiations free and the outcomes of these negotiations are too important for us to towards ignore. Us. Even breaking down that military barrier and coming out to think that the results us. are underwhelming. I know that that will be, and that, will be that is why I think souls. it's so important that, for example, what Friday's Future is doing in organizing massive protests uh, during the conference and around the conference is extremely significant. We need people in the streets and we need pressure in there. And what I found is that in those negotiations, what I saw were leaders, global leaders at the highest levels, being very concerned and nervous about public sentiment and opinion. And I think that that is a very, very, very positive development because in prior COPs and in prior climate summits, I don't think that these leaders were as hot under the collar about what the public sentiment and what public opinion of the outcomes of their negotiations were going to be. And the reason they didn't really, they weren't really as concerned before is because people weren't watching as much before. And so I think it's really important that we continue to keep the pressure up because I want you to know that it's working. And one of the things that I see in politics all the time is that politicians pretend to ignore protests. They pretend to not see protesters. They pretend to not hear them. They kind of like, you'll be a big picket line and they'll, people will just be walking across them, kind of ignoring them. Uh, but they can't ignore them and it does get to them. And I saw people in these negotiations feel defensive about the allegation that they're just blah, blah, blah. 
and that, um, and that these things don't matter and that they're not doing enough. And that defensiveness often results in them trying to, it pushes them to try even harder to prove that it's not just blah, blah, blah. And so I just want you all to know that even if in some of these final results, um, even if it's still not sufficient, even whatever they come up with is still going to be more than what they would have otherwise, because there is increasing concern about the criticisms of the results of these negotiations. Um, and so I think that I just want you all to know that it is being heard and felt on the inside 100%. Even if the sentiment that's trying to get across is that they, you know, oh, this is just a little thing that's happening. It's not a little thing that's happening. It very much is adding pressure inside of those rooms because the thing is, is that there is a point of public opinion where if it gets so bad, it delegitimizes the institutions of governance, the institutions of finance, education, etc. their legitimacy begins to be questioned. And if things are starting to be seen as illegitimate, then power starts to crack. It becomes a very big concern. So I just want you all to know that the protests are working. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the third count of the information, Joseph Rosenbaum, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the second count of the information, Richard McGinnis, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the third count of the information, unknown male, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fourth count of the information, Anthony Huber, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fifth count of the information, Gage Grosskreutz, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty.
Michael Brown. Michael Brown. Eric Garner. Eric Garner. John Crawford. John Crawford. Sandra Bland. Sandra Bland. Miriam Carey. Miriam Carey. Amadou Diallo. Amadou Diallo. Oscar Grant. Oscar Grant. Eleanor Bumpers. Eleanor Bumpers. Jesse Hernandez. Jesse Hernandez. Emmett Till. Emmett Till. And back again. Greetings to all of you. That was the Church of Stop Shopping Choir in front of the Parliament, in front of Big Ben in London, um, singing there on the green, singing about, of course, the violence against people of color back in our United States. And now we have the Rittenhouse verdict. Now the signal goes out that it's all right to get into situations where you can argue that you are shooting in self-defense. It's kind of a false, stand-your-ground, actually simply racist uh, position. Very unfortunate signal to go out to people, vigilantes and racists. I woke up uh, the morning after that verdict in, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and I felt baffled. Baffled by what is hatred? How, how does that continue? How are people unable to see that when, when a police officer shoots an unarmed man in the back multiple times, how is it possible to count on that racist court system to deal with it? How is it possible for police to stop with that violence? How is it possible to still be patient with the racist police? And for that young man, Kyle Rittenhouse, to go to Kenosha on the pretext, as he said in the court proceedings, on the pretext of protecting people, protecting property, protecting people, that in itself, that first impulse he had was racist in its uh, honest appraisal of what that was at the beginning of, of the whole thing. He, then he put himself in harm's way and got into a situation where um, he could argue later in court that he was defending himself. But there he, there he is with assault rifles walking around. White supremacy age-old problem here in the United States. I've just come back from Glasgow where I saw racism on a policy level, where the super-rich dictate to corporations and dictate to the nation-states. This agreement that nobody believes, why would we? This is the 26th Coalition of Parties meeting, COP26. Why were there 25 of them? Because there are lies every time. Well, as I said at the beginning of the show here, hundreds of people walked out. And they give me the hope. Being a part of that, seeing it, feeling it, that gives me the hope. 
We must have something like that happen in the United States with these haters. He's going to spend some time that morning thinking, trying to figure hate out. Is it just fear? What is it exactly? How does it work? I just don't know. I am baffled by hate. Systematic racist hate in particular. I, I don't get it. How are you being attacked by these people? By these people that have been slaves. These people that have worked against racism for so long. How are you the victim? How are they taking anything from you? Here I am addressing Kyle Rittenhouse in my my imagination. We saw young people walk away from the negotiations that were controlled by the old white billionaires. Well, you have to admit, white supremacy in the United States is also, in large degree, controlled by such people. The Walton family, the family that started Walmart, they are billionaires. The DeVosses of Grand Rapids, Michigan, they are billionaires. And these are racists. And they pour money. The Koch brothers, the Koch brothers. These people pour money into these right-wing, apocalyptic, hard-right organizations that encourage this kind of behavior, that translate racism into something that's benign. They say it's okay. Well, here we are now. I know that I'm talking to people in, in my home state of Wisconsin. We're broadcasting uh, from Madison, Viroqua, Eau Claire, and up in Hayward. And I know that you, you are very concerned with something that's happened down in Kenosha. I'd just like to say that I witnessed something very special in Glasgow. And I believe that there is something like that. It's a combination of love, because love is change. Love is the ability to evolve. It's partly love, and it's partly no-nonsense, common sense. No-nonsense, common sense. I'm not going to do this anymore. I put them together. White supremacy can be defeated. Black Lives Matter. I know it's possible. And I'm saying this on faith. I'm just saying this feeling intuitively. Because I had this experience in Glasgow that I'm sharing with you. I know that we can do the same kind of thing here. Break back into that fear. Make sense to people and appeal to their compassion because everybody, no matter how afflicted they are with racism, there's something good in there. There's a seed to grow. Earthalluya, human justice and earth justice are one and the same thing in 2021. It's the lesson of this half hour. Thank you for being with me on this this journey. This is Reverend Billy for the Church of Stop Shopping. Earthalluya.